The Descant Music and Media Group presents In Search of Peace and Healing with your host, Celia Boone. Welcome, friends. I'm delighted that you've joined us today and hope this podcast will be helpful to you. Rather than define what this podcast is, which is really yet to unfold, let's start with what it's not. This is not a meeting, and it's not church, but a dialogue to aid our search, the search for peace and healing. In some of our episodes, my guests and I will discuss ideas and strategies that we've picked up from various places, including 12-step programs from churches and many other sources. Take what you like and leave the rest. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. So glad that you're joining me for this podcast Today I'm going to talk about resilience. Resilience is one's ability to adapt well and recover quickly after an adverse life experience. So all of us, if we manage to live long enough, encounter really tough times. We all have struggles and there are things that we go through that are just terribly, terribly difficult. The only thing really fair about life is that life is really unfair to everybody. The hardest experiences of my life have been the ones for which I didn't give my permission. Just sudden abuse, sudden bad things happened, and I couldn't control them, and it just was really difficult for me. It kind of felt like I was being hurled through space, all alone and unprotected, while hundreds of alien spacecrafts used machine guns to shoot high-stress adversity, trauma, and bad people and bad events at me. And really, for the first few decades of my life, I had no idea that I could learn to be resilient. I just assumed that since the peace and happiness fairy never visited me, my life was always going to be horrible and that I would always be depressed. I didn't even know at that time that I had an anxiety disorder, but I was filled with fear all the time. And I just, that was normal, I guess, to me. Um, I I wanted to be normal, but I, I could only guess at what normal was. But I always wanted to be that, whatever it was. But I maintained a negative and cynical attitude on the inside, even if I was joking around and smiling and laughing on the outside. Um, As I've said before, I collected resentments like they were valuable treasures, and I didn't know that they were sucking the life and the energy out of me. I didn't know that they had the power to kill me. I also wore rebellion like a badge of honor. I was proud to be a rebel. When I began doing research on adverse childhood experiences and how those of us who have high ACE scores are affected by childhood trauma throughout the rest of our lives, I also began reading about resiliency. 
I guess I knew kind of what it was, um, even in childhood, because I used to wonder how come my siblings were able to escape um, their childhoods with seemingly far less damage than I had incurred, um, even though we grew up in the same house. But for me, my parents' home was the most dangerous place in the universe, bar none. So my siblings that seemed to not be affected as badly as I felt I was had resiliency. And I didn't know such a thing existed until years later. When we're less resilient, we're more likely to dwell on problems, feel overwhelmed, become fearful, depressed, and use unhealthy coping tactics in an attempt to handle stress, feel better, and live with unresolved issues. When we are more resilient, we are better able to maintain grace, dignity, and a healthy level of physical, emotional, cognitive, and spiritual wellness when life on life's terms brings things that otherwise could or would take us down. Imagine my amazement when I learned that I could develop resilience. It could be grown inside of me if I focused on giving my energy and my mental attention to positive thoughts, actions, and aspects of life. When I found that I could decrease the frequency and power of negative thoughts in my head by focusing on meaningful aspects of my current experiences, that was a real gift for me. Now, living in the now helps. Rather than morbidly reflecting on the past or being terrified of what may happen in the future, I could put the past and future out of my immediate thinking by taking some kind of action. I can pray, phone a friend, go to a 12-step meeting, take a walk outside, get in the pool, and jog for an hour or two in the water. Um, There were times when I would jog and say the serenity prayer like a mantra when I was feeling really, really badly. Of course, I was saying the serenity prayer silently because I didn't want the lifeguard to think I was conversing with my invisible friends. (laughs) But after I did that, I always felt better. Working out just sucked out stress, anger, and tension out of my body, and it really did help me When I came out of the pool, I was able to bring my best self out with me. Um, My support network taught me the value of making a gratitude list, of seeing how many things I could find for which I'm grateful. Both big and little things, I would put pen to paper. And after even as little as five or ten minutes of counting my blessings, my attitude would change. It would go from negative to positive. Another thing that helped build my resiliency was to give away as much kindness and be as altruistic as possible. Speaking kindly and optimistically, learning how to be solution-oriented, lending a hand to someone whose problems were worse than mine and not expecting anything in return. I have learned, and I'm still learning, that it really benefits me when I view life's challenges as opportunities for growth and development. When I'm in the midst of a storm, I chant to myself, I'm in a growth spurt and this too will pass. I'm in a growth spurt and this too will pass. 
I quiet myself and go inside to where I can connect with God and add to my core of peace. I am so grateful and blessed to have a very supportive husband and the rest of my support network, wonderful people. I'm an extrovert, so I process what's going on by talking about it. So, you know, I need to talk about what's going on in my head so that I can figure out what to do, what it really means, what's going on, etc. If you have experienced trauma and don't feel resilient, I want you to know that there's help and hope for you. Find someone kind in who you can confide a secret and then share what's going on. If you're afraid to trust anyone you know, you can ask the divine source of all that's good in the universe to send you someone trustworthy who will make it safe for you to honestly disclose what's going on in your head. And one way to identify those people is they will talk about things in a way that they are allowing themselves to be vulnerable to you. And that's making it safe for you to make yourself vulnerable and honest with them. A friend of mine actually sent me an email today, one of the inspirations that she read this morning. And this was from the book, The Gift of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I looked it up on Amazon. I'm going to get the book. It's the number one bestseller in spiritual healing right now, it looks like, on Amazon. So here's what she wrote about cultivating a resilient spirit. If you look at the current research, here are five of the most common factors of resilient people. One, they are resourceful and have good problem-solving skills. Two, they are more likely to seek help. Three, they hold the belief that they can do something that will help them to manage their feelings and to cope. Four, they have social support available to them. Five, they are connected with others, such as family or friends. Of course, there are more factors depending on the researchers, but these are the big ones. At first, I hoped the patterns I observed in my research would lead to a very straightforward conclusion. Resilience is a core component of wholeheartedness. But there was something more to what I was hearing. The stories had more in common than just resilience. All of these stories were about spirit. According to the people I interviewed, the very foundation of the protective factors, the things that made them bouncy, was their spirituality. By spirituality, I'm not talking about religion or theology, but I am talking about a shared and deeply held belief. Based on the interviews, here's how I define spirituality. Spirituality is recognizing and celebrating that we are all inextricably connected to each other by a power greater than all of us, and that our connection to that power and to one another is grounded in love and compassion. Practicing spirituality brings a sense of perspective, meaning, and purpose to our lives. Without exception, spirituality, the belief in connection, a power greater than self, and the interconnections grounded in love and compassion emerged as a component of resilience. Once again, that was from The Gifts of Imperfection by Dr. Brene Brown. And now we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. 
You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Bloom, who returns this episode in just a moment. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, contact us to learn how. Thank you. Okay, we're back from break, and I have a special guest here with me today. And I just sprang it on him. My my husband, Ken, is my guest. And I just shared with him during the break, he's like, what are you going to do next? And I said, I'm going to interview you. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't give him time to get up in his head and think about it or worry about it. And so I'm just going to ask some questions and allow you, my listeners, our listeners, to get to know him a little bit. So welcome, Ken. Thank you, Celia. Glad <laughs> to <welcome>. be here. <laughs> Although I'm always here, but I'm, I have my mic turned off and I'm on the other side of the imaginary glass, but glad to be here. Yes, he's the one that does the uh, engineering, production, all that good stuff. He knows how to turn knobs and do things to that make magic, and I have no idea what he's doing, but he makes me sound good, so thank you, honey. <laughs> yeah, and I've blown up very few things, so so far so good. I guess we'll keep it going. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad. I love this. Okay, so we met when we were actually in our early, like 50 years old. Yes. And um, you had had some things, some traumatic things happen in your life. Yes. And um, had recently moved to Charlotte, finding a healthier environment. Absolutely. In which you could grow and flourish. So um, what are some of the things that you were holding in you, in your spirit, that were troubling you? And... Well, let's just leave it. What were some things that, some issues that you were dealing with when we met? Short answer, answers. I was a widowed father of a son who was still trying to find his way in life. I was a musician masquerading as an accountant, and I could find work in neither of those two things. And I just needed peace. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't quit smoking for the life of me. And you came to Charlotte. Yes, I did. And um, so we first met and we connected. It was immediately. It was amazing. And um, discovered that we had many, many things in common. And so as we have, we've, well, we met a year to the day after we met, we got married. Yes, we did. And we've celebrated now our eighth wedding anniversary. Yes. So, and I tell you what, for someone who, like me, never expected to find the man of my dreams, much less end up married to him, happily married, it's just, it's wild. And it's, I so treasure being married to 
the man of my dreams, my very best friend, and um, you help my light shine. Thank you, as you do mine. <laughs> so, what have you, what have you learned about resiliency, about your own resiliency, in your life, as a result of the traumas and also the healing that you've done? Well, as long as you're granted life, there's always going to be a tomorrow. You'll always get a second chance to get it right or figure out what you did wrong and make amends and and move on. Go and sin no more. (laughs) I know that because I've, in my life, I've been granted over 22,000 tomorrows. I did do the math. You also need to have a good support system, one that's honest with you, one that you know cares about you, one that tells you, pick yourself up, get back in the game, because life's not going to stop for you. And finally, do something you're passionate about every day, even if it's 15 minutes for that day. That gives you a feeling of accomplishment, that you matter, and that you make a difference. Okay, so um, one thing that you have taught me, and I'd like for you to talk a little bit about this and how maybe you learned the value of a closed door. Yes, yes, yes. So many times um, for me, you know, I'd be going down a certain path or whatever and would the door would close on that and... I'd be there wanting to hack the door down. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about a little bit, talk about the value of a closed door. Most of the good things that have happened to me since I was 50, and that's when I was born, <laughs> uh-huh. have been the results of a closed door. We couldn't put a band together, so we did it ourselves. <laughs> closed door. When I moved to Charlotte, I couldn't find an accounting job for the life of me. I mean, no one wanted to hire me. So out of necessity, I started my own business. Worked hard, 10 years later, have clients, have a good reputation. In fact, in the area of music industry accounting, I'm considered somewhat of an expert because of a closed door. On the creative side, I always fancied myself a songwriter But then at some point, I had a bad case of writer's block. Now, that's a closed door for you. But we didn't give up. After a lot of prayer and meditation, we kind of stumbled on this podcasting thing, which is great because I realized I really wasn't a songwriter. I could write a jingle. But what I did was tell a story. And what you do, Sue, is have that ability to tell a story, to convey a message. So we do that. At the same time, we do have an outlet for our music. Matter of fact, that's us playing on the theme that you hear. That's uh, Celia and I singing and playing. And we do that on all our shows. And that's our musical expression, all because of a closed door. We're paying our mortgage, we're paying our bills, and we're enjoying life. Thank you, sweetie. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for being on today. Um, I do want to say, too, that Um, When I met Ken, 
He had just, you know, a few months before moved down from Rochester to the Charlotte area, and he bought a house. There's an interesting story, though, behind the house. So tell that a little bit. Talk about that. It was my New Year's resolution for 2009. And by the way, it was the first time I ever kept a New Year's resolution. I was getting out of Rochester, getting out of the snow, getting away from everything up there. Started an internet search. First house I ever saw, which was like January 3rd, 2009, was the house that we were in now. I'd seen about four or 500 since then, but I'd always returned to that one. April of 2009, I made a trip down here to just check out the area. Realtor had a few houses for me to look at, none to my liking, until we turned into the development for the last house. And lo and behold, my house was there. So I jumped, I got it, we're here now, and I'm happy, all because of a closed door. You know, it was so cool to um, find the man in my dreams who had already just bought me a house even before we met. That was so nice. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I said, and here's your kitchen and here's your uh, living room. And by the way, here's your spot where we can put a piano. So now, um, but now this is absolutely what we're supposed to do. For me, you know, my inward calling, yes, involves music. Helping to teach other people and share with other people, um, helping them to grow spiritually, to be able to um, motivate themselves to take whatever challenges they have and work on them. You know, Ken's finding his voice, too. He's He writes beautifully, and he's begun writing again. He has a blog, and so we'll be hearing more from him in the future as well. Thank you, honey, so much. No, thank you. Okay. So for our listeners, if you yourself want to be more resilient, there are lots of things you can do. Taking action, though, is really a key. It's not necessarily how we feel or what we think, but it's what we do that really um, sets the tone for having a good life versus a not-so-good life. And so do your best today to take an action that will propel you in the direction you want to go. And thank you so much for listening. We will be back and we'll have another broadcast here before we end uh, the current season. So you'll have to put up with us one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much and have a great day. Bye now. You've been listening to In Search of Peace and Healing with Celia Boone, a production of the Descant Music and Media Group. Providers of music and media production, as well as business services for small businesses and nonprofit organizations. We invite you to go to our website, descant-mmg.weebly.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our podcast can be found on the Spreaker Network. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other podcatchers. If you want to book Celia for concerts and or conferences, 
contact us to learn how. Thank you.